welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. Today, guys, we're going to be dissecting a deal. So we're going to be diving deeper into uh, analyzing it and coming up with some offers. Um, I know nothing about this deal. Jeff just said that uh, um, we're going to we're going to kind of dive deeper on on a certain uh, property. Uh, I'm guessing this property is something you've have made offers on Jeff, or you're going yeah, to? Yeah, we, we actually have under contract right now. Oh, okay. So you already got it under contract. Yep. So he told you I know nothing about it. Yep. <laughs> so uh, let's let's dive into it. What is it, Jeff? Where is it? Yeah, so it's in Wyoming. Wyoming, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a single family residence. Okay. Three bed, two bath, one car garage. 2199 square feet, although the seller says that there's a, a very large addition that's not included in that square footage, but we have yet to verify that. So we're going to just leave it at 22 square feet, 2200. Okay. Built in 1963, 0.23 of an acre. She owes uh, $74,000 with a payment of $736 PITI. Okay. And they're open to terms. They're open to everything. Um, she thinks the property is worth at least $260,000. She's talked about that she has a realtor that is pestering her to list it for 270. Okay. Okay. So here's where this is going to take an interesting twist. She is asking. So in two phone calls that the first phone call, uh, she said she would take 160,000. Okay. Um, in the second call, she said i would like between 170 and 175 but uh, i would be open to going lower okay okay so here's the, the even uh, we're, we're hoping the better part is that she claims she has spent a lot of money on the upkeep and updating of this property and really all it needs is a little bit of landscaping and paint that's it it's ready to go okay Okay, so um, what we have is a property that is being discounted as if it were a rehab. Yeah. Without the rehab, right? right. So, um, uh, so the, tell me, Jonathan, if 
if th this is a lead of yours, well, what's the first thing you're going to go do with this? Uh, offer 160 cash. Well, but even before that, what what's going to be some of your due diligence? You know? Oh, I'd, I'd pull comps on it, um, of course. I would contact a, a realtor in the area and find out if that $260,000 is, you know, ARV is, is for sure what it's worth. Um, then I'd do some preliminary research and look to see what, you know, rents are in the area, kind of try to see if there's a rental demand um, in case I wanted to hold it. Cause there's a ton of equity there. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I would, I would pull comps and, you know, I would look to see what rents are. So we, we did the same thing, right? So we, we pulled comps. We, we absolutely based on the square footage, think it's worth at least 260 um uh as is you know without the addition and and just so you know she she said that the addition what they were going to do was make it into an apartment so you know th th that would be significant square footage so um we we ran some rental comps and uh th this was difficult uh, they range from 950 to 1300. Huh. Okay. Uh, and I, I really have no idea what this property would rent for. Um, you know, I put a repair estimate between 10 and $20,000. And the property tax is super low $1,421 for the year. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that, that, that was our research up front. And uh, so what, one of the things that uh, we want to look at is, so it, here's the situation. She, her husband has moved for a job to Texas and she's just been kind of waiting and she's done waiting. So she wants to move quick. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. We were talking about this on the last one, Jeff. The, did we? Yeah. Husband moved to Texas and she wanted to just be there with him. And so she was willing to take the $100,000. Yeah, we did. Uh, this is the one we did uh, where it was my turn to do. Um, oh, we might have. Deal structuring. Uh, yeah. Well, that, the, was, the, that was titled the, deal structuring straight from the CRM. Yeah, I, you, you might be right. Um, what we probably can still do though, is I want to, uh, we, so we've already gone over all the offers then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We went over, I had to come up with offers, uh, on our last episode and then, and then we went over the, your offers and we kind of compared notes a little bit, but they were, yeah. they were similar. All but, right. uh, so yeah, let's, so let's dissect it though. What's, yeah. what's the takeaways here? What's the lessons we can learn from that? Yes. Yeah. So let, let's talk about what's happened here. So let, let me just refresh everyone on offers and they may not be exact of what they were in, um, the last episode or one of the last episodes, but it'll be close. Okay. All right, so I came up with four offers, okay? So I had a cash offer, 
of 162 to 20. 162 to 20. Okay. I had a short term finance offer for 173,000 with $20,000 down. 20K down. I would just make the existing mortgage payment each month for up to seven months. Payment. Then there would be a balloon. Seven months. Okay. Okay. So far, so you would wrap, uh, you just wrap the existing terms. That's correct. So uh, all inclusive trustee didn't know. Okay. Okay. All right. So now the other two options. Uh, so uh, another all inclusive where I'm offering 200,000. Not a lot of money down, $8,000 down. Using hybrid interest, two and a half percent. Okay. $900 a month. That would not give her much cash flow, right? But right. she'll be reimbursed the taxes, which will be $118 a month. So in reality, she's getting 1018 So about $300 a month cash flow. Okay. For 36 months. <clears throat> 36 months. Okay. Uh, her balloon payment would be 173327 Which is more than... Uh, either of the first two options that we talked about after three years. So, um, okay. Okay. And then the last one was a seller subordination at 197,000. And we were going to bring in a new loan of 90,000 cash out we have to get rid of her existing loan mm -hmm. of whatever it was 74,000 i think um so your down payment would be 90 correct okay okay so we would still owe the seller 107,000 okay we would make payments to the seller at $450 a month principal only 100 and, i'm sorry 400 and 50 50 okay slash or four years 48 months principal only yeah so that balance of the 107 would pay down to 85,400 over four years yeah that's the balloon yes can you tell me that balloon again 85,400 400 okay cool okay <clears throat> so those were the four offers that were made um yeah we never talked we talked about this still and we never talked about I don't, I don't know if it was at that stage but uh what she took so what yeah. offer did she accept drum she, roll please. she offered uh, she accepted offer number two which is the subordination Okay, seller subordination. So yes, she, even though we didn't go in that order, um, it's option two on my LOI. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So she accepted seller subordination, the 197,000, 90K down. Yep. Um, oh, then you'll owe 107K. Um, and you'll principal only payments of 450 a month That's for right. four years. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so let's let's talk about um, what this would translate into, uh, you know, based on some assumptions with our buyer. Okay. Okay. So, what we we have a four year term. Now, first of all, could we could we do subordination? And just go put it right back on the market and sell it. Yeah, we could. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're, we're paying too much if we're, that's our goal. Yeah. Um, so let, let's look at it as if, hey, we got four-year term. The the best way to maximize our profit is to sell it to an owner-occupant. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you're going to be doing. Yes. Okay. So let's take 270000 is... Um, and you know, obviously we're still in the, our due diligence phase. So we, we actually have people going out there next week, um, to verify, you know, condition, square footage, all that kind of stuff. But just as a, you know, uh, my thoughts, uh, we would sell this property for 270. Okay. With $30,000 down. That would leave a balance of 240. Okay. Okay. So 5% interest. <coughs> sell to owner Ock at how much you said? 270? 270 with 30 down. Okay. With 30 down. 5% interest. 5% interest. And 5% amortized over 30 years. 5% amortized. Okay. That will equal 1288. Okay. And that's right in where, you know, I remember our rent rates were all yeah. over the place. So, yeah. And we were trying to keep, uh, yeah, that kind of right, right, right under that or right around that 1300. Yeah. And we, we, we came in just under, yeah, I remember now. Yep. It's twelve eighty eight for their monthly payment. Yep. Okay. So we'll have that. We'll, we'll give them up to forty eight months. It might be a little less, but just for the sake of this example. Okay, and then they'll have a balloon. Our buyer to us at two twenty four seven one one. Their balloon was two twenty four. Yep, seven one one. Seven one one. Okay, so two hundred and twenty four thousand. Nice. So the thirty grand. If you guys are borrowing uh, the ninety k from uh, another lender, then that thirty thousand is uh, that's that's your paycheck up front. That is correct. And then you're going to receive <laughs> some cash flow. A little bit of cash flow, right over that. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about how years. much it will be. Okay. So I figured that we would end up paying a private lender 7% on this. 
that would cost about three hundred and thirteen dollars. Um, no, that would ninety thousand times point oh seven divided by twelve. So that's five twenty-five. Plus we have the four fifty, right? So to the seller, that mm -hmm. that would be our total payment, nine seventy-five. And uh, you know, and if we can get it for any less, it's just better cash flow for us. Yeah. Um, so th this would translate into three hundred and thirteen dollars per month. Okay. Three thirteen for cash flow. Yep, and let's times that by forty-eight. The amount of months that we'd be receiving it, approximately. And that would be fifteen thousand twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay. Okay. So now let's figure out the difference in balloons. Um, so uh, the buyer owes us two twenty-four seven eleven. We're going to owe one seventy-five four hundred. Um, that's the $85,400 balloon. And then we got to pay back our 90,000 that we borrowed interest only. Okay. So that leaves us with another $49,311. Nice. So a total of $94,335 over the course of four years. 30. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff, how much was that? 94,335. 94,335. Cool. Okay. So, which is not bad, right? The only thing I don't love really about this is the cash flow. I would like it to be better, but um, you know, the reason to stay in it is that big back end, right? I, yeah. If the cash flow was zero, I'd probably still stay in it for that 50 grand almost. So, yep. um, but let, let's talk about the twist and what happened here. So, um, just a couple of days ago, uh, like two, three days ago, um, and, and we've already signed the purchase agreement and everything. Okay. Um. Uh, in the LOI, it states, um, just so I wanted to be clear, this is what my LOI says. Down payment, 90000 Buyer will borrow funds in first position on the property. Underlying mortgage will be paid in full, and the balance of the proceeds will go to the seller. Seller's equity of 107,000 will be secured in second position on the property. Okay. That's mm -hmm. exact word for word what my LOI says. And the purchase agreement says that as well. Okay. Somehow, some way, the seller got confused and thought she was getting $90,000. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So, um, and so now she didn't know what she wanted to do. And uh, so 
I had my acquisition guy go back through this. And it's like, look, we'll, we'll do any of the four options that you want. We'll change it. We'll do whatever you want. Just make sure that it works for you. And um, she's like, well, I need more money than that to move. And, um, and so after a bunch of back and forth, she went back and took the cash offer. Oh, okay. Okay. However, she wanted to negotiate the cash offer a little bit. So the cash offer went from 162 to 20 to 165. Okay. Okay. So uh, what I want to do is I just want to show um, what's the difference in the two offers and um, you know, so what, what we think that we would end up netting going this route and, um, you know, and then trying to, uh, and I don't know if there's a better way, right? Because this one, we're going to be paid out in a few months as opposed to the other one that we'd be paid out over four years. Right. right. So, yeah. um, so let's look at this. Okay. So, Let's say that we sell this property for 260000 okay? And let's say that we're going to pay 5% commission. That's 13000 Okay. Let's say that we have some closing costs when we're buying, so we're going to pay her closing costs. So let's just say that's five grand and that we're going to have some more closing costs when we sell it. So let's call that another 2,500. Um, and these might be a little bit high and I, I'd rather be conservative than not. Um, so that's we've got both sets of closing costs. Let's say that we're going to borrow some of this money. Um, that we don't necessarily have to, and we may not. But let's just do for just to make sure. Okay. So let's say we're going to borrow hard money for a hundred grand. So what's going right, Jonathan? Uh, 12 and two. All right. So a hundred grand is really easy to figure out. We have the points, the two points, which would be $2,000. Yep. And let's say that, you know, we're going to hold this for let's let's take it out five months you know almost worst case scenario um so 12 percent um which is one percent a month yeah uh, is like one thousand dollars right so we got another five thousand in interest correct yep okay and uh, let's say that um you know we, we do a little bit of work to it, you know, clean up some landscaping, do some paint, uh, you know, minor, minor stuff. Let, let's say five grand. Okay. And let's then put uh, a couple thousand dollars just for miscellaneous utilities, um, uh, any other, you know, things that might pop up. Okay. Okay. So we've got 18, 20,000, 22,5, 32,5, 
34,500. 34,500. Okay. Yeah. So if we take 260 minus 34,500, we're left with 225,500. So our profit should be about $60,500. Yeah. <clears throat> um, which also gives us plenty of room, you know, if we don't get our price that uh, we can, you know, drop price if we needed to, right? Yep. So pretty safe investment. The question now, um, and I totally forgot that we had gone over this because I was thinking of this in a different way. <laughs> that, um, because things have changed, right? So, yeah. um what would you rather have, Jonathan? Would you rather have 60 grand in, let's say, you know, four months or so? Or would you rather have 94,000 over four years? I would take the 60. Uh, it's, just, it's just a safer bet. I mean, the longer the term, and who knows if, right. if we have a market crash and, you know, you lose $60,000 in equity or something. Um, that's, that's a risk holding it long-term, right? Yes. So when you're selling it in four months, that, that risk really isn't there. If, if the realtor is confident that it, you know, it's worth 260, 270, then, uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty safe bet. So as far as, um, you know, risk in the investment, this is, this is a safer, or, you know, this is less risky because, uh, you're, you're getting your money back sooner. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree with you. The, the only thing that might change my mind a little bit is that uh, we could make, you know, 30 of it up front. So it's not like uh, we're, we're not getting a payday. Yeah, that's uh, true. Right, right away. But, well, and, and with the, the original offer, the seller subordination, I mean, there would be no money out of your pocket. Right. Right. So that's, I mean, that's probably when we talk about risk and yeah. you don't come in with any money out of your own pocket. That's a pretty safe bet right there. So, sure. I, I um, totally agree. <clears throat> but you so, still got to wait to be paid on your back end and then yeah. hope that, you know, you get a good buyer in there and that they actually are able to get a loan at the end of that term to pay off that balloon. So, yeah, um, yeah I think uh, I, I, I still would take the 60000 uh, And I think I would too. Um, so th th this is where I wanted to get to. So... This lady called us and told us that, you know, I, I would like 170 to 175, but I'll take as low as 160. Okay. Which, you know, I know the first thing that went through your mind, because, you know, you said it earlier, um, hey, I'd make an offer of like 160 um, and just give her, get this thing wrapped up, right? As quick as possible. It's a deal. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe I overthought this a little bit. Um, maybe there should have only been two offers made and, uh, because maybe I, I gave her too many options to think about and she, she really liked the higher payment. Yeah. You know, that when I say payment, higher purchase price. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, 
maybe I just didn't give her what she was looking for, which could have been, you know, hey, a cash offer and a short-term finance offer. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I shouldn't have even given her those two other options. Yeah, because uh, then she's like, well, I like this price and I like this down That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, but, and that was part of the negotiations back and forth is she's like, well, look, I really like the 197. Uh, and, you know, I, I thought I was getting 90 grand, then I would do it. And um, so now we had to kind of walk her through all this and how it would work. And, you know, and then try to get her to look at, you know, what, what would make the most amount of sense at this point. And it was, you know, it was a good amount of back and forth. So, well, really the point of all this is that sometimes we use creative financing when we, we don't necessarily need to. And, uh, and, you know, I thought I, what I was just doing is, Hey, here are some choices. If you want to stay, uh, if you don't mind, you know, waiting on your money. And she said initially she didn't have a problem waiting on her money. Uh-huh. That that has changed. Um, that she needed, you know, some of her money. So, uh, so to me, it's it goes back to one being really clear and listening. You know, right? It's it's uh, something that all all real estate investors must, must really get good at. And that is is listening to what the seller is telling you and then being able to ask the kinds of questions that you will be able to get a clear understanding of what's the situation and what might be the best way to solve this. What we could have easily made just the cash and the short-term offer, she said that she that we were in the, the the range of both right from the beginning. And for if for some reason that wasn't good enough, then we could say, hey, we have other options as long as you're okay waiting on some of your money and coming back with these options later on. Yeah. And you know, when we uh when we were doing uh, deal structuring and uh it was my turn. We first talked about a cash offer and a short-term offer. You know, when, when I knew how much equity she was leaving on the table, I was like, really, my thoughts then was, oh, we don't really need to offer anymore because this is a great deal and this is what she wants. Yeah. Uh, so that was my thoughts initially. I think the more important lesson here is how do you renegotiate that, Jeff? Because this is where a lot of people would lose the deal you know, if, if the seller was confused thinking she's getting the whole 90 K down um, and then, then she's like, Oh, wait a minute, that's going to pay off my first. So now I need more down uh, that, you know, that could be a deal killer. So what, what's, uh, was, I just want to touch was, on your, your process on, on renegotiating when the seller doesn't quite understand what she accepted initially. Yeah. So I think that's a good point. And so I, I worked very closely with my acquisition manager on this one. And what we talked about when this became an issue was that, you know, what I wanted him to do is go back to her and explain, look, um, let, let, me, let me just show you what, where I think our misunderstanding occurred 
and um you know that we were trying to be as clear as possible and you know we apologize if that was not the case um ultimately what we want to do is what's best for you you've got four options on the table and let's go through each one and let's find the one that best fits your situation at this particular time so what he did is he went back through each one and option one was really easy to get rid of because there wasn't enough money up front. Yeah. Um, option two, kind of, we already knew where we stood with that. So really what it, it came down to was more option three and four. I'm actually kind of surprised she did not take option three um, because she would have made, you know, $11,000 more. And I think 20 grand up front would have been enough to um, get her move. Maybe it wasn't, but I certainly would have been willing to give her more up front. You know, uh, probably would have been okay giving her 40 grand up front. So, um, but I think that was the, the, the key was that uh, my acquisition manager had a very good relationship with her. Um, uh, he has a knack for, you know, he is not the most, um, I have two acquisition managers. I have one that is very well trained in terms of the techniques on sales. And then I have one that is just innately good at sales. And um, this is the one that's innately good. And uh -huh. what, what he does is he is able to connect with people, right? So. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he made it clear, look, we want to help you. So, uh, let's figure out together which one will help you and the time frame that you need, and then let, let's move forward. And she was appreciative of that. So, uh, you know, she wanted a little more money, but, um, and I told him, uh, I said that that's not where I want to go, but if that's where we have to go, then let's just get it done so uh, uh she asked for more he said no <laughs> <laughs> and she said okay <laughs> nice. nice so he basically just said okay look well you like these offers let's just find out which one works best for you because we're close here we're, we're real close on a deal sorry there was a misunderstanding here's what we think it was and that that's how they got over it yeah yeah nice <clears throat> yeah and she may have changed i mean she made it very clear up front that she didn't need this money and then you know uh and then it became she needed some money so i and i don't know if we still know you know exactly how much money she needs but um it was obviously more than like 14 15 grand so uh so yes, it worked out just fine. And um, and I think that there's some lessons to be learned here that uh, sometimes I think that uh, uh, just because I'm able to make multiple offers and some creative finance doesn't necessarily mean that I'm serving the seller in the best way. And ultimately, I don't have anything if I don't get the seller to agree that you know one of these offers works. And I probably made this 
more confusing and uh, I, I probably offered things that uh, she didn't really need or want. And uh, sometimes that's what we do. And, uh, and then other times, maybe we listen a little more intently and say, look, I think one of the two of these options gets it done. And if it's not, then, then we can bring this up later. Yeah. Right. Um, and, but, you know, your one of your strategies that's worked really well for you, Jeff, is uh, presenting multiple offers like that yep. and letting them choose what works best for them. Um, so it's hard to say, well, maybe I shouldn't have because, you know, maybe on one deal, if you didn't, you could have got a better deal on it, you know, or you could have got I, a, the offer to accept a, uh, the seller to accept a better offer something that would net you more money. In I, profit. I think the difference on this one is that she had named the number that she wanted and that number basically worked for us. So, uh, you know, we, we knew that between 160 and 175, we could make this work and that that's what she wanted. So now we just wanted to spread it out so that, Hey, if she took the cash offer, we got a little better deal. And if she takes the, the finance offer that um, you know, we can pay her a little more, but um, now we don't have to deal with hard money. And uh, to me that normally when we have these kinds of deals that we're not, you know, the seller's not saying, Hey, I want this price. And we're saying, Hey, we can give that to you. Uh, we may be close, but we, we may not be able to give them the price that they're asking. So, um, rather than just, you know, come in less and see what they think. Now we make those multiple offers and they're like, well, wait, um, you know, maybe I could do this and make this as opposed to just taking the cash offer and taking less than I want. Yeah. So I right. think that's kind of the big difference in this case. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough said on that deal. Um, You'll have to keep us posted on uh, how you do with that one. You know, if you if you're gonna, how much work uh, is really needed? Uh, you know, once you find yeah, out. Yeah, we'll know next week. Answer. We're sending some people by there to. Uh, yeah, we've already contacted a realtor. We've got, you know, I'm actually doing an inspection, and uh, I just feel like if we have an inspection, we know exactly what's wrong, and then we can actually use that to help sell the property as well. So, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. We'll keep us posted on that. Yes, I will. Cool. Okay, guys. Well, um, I hope you guys have taken some lessons away from this one as well. Uh, even though we covered, we, this is kind of a, a good episode, um, to follow up on, or I mean, this deal, excuse me, this deal is kind of a good one to follow up on because in the last episode, we really dove in deep, uh, on creating offers. And uh, we went through uh, my thought process. And then we, we also went through your thought process. And now it's a follow up to that and what happened. So you know, the you can really take away the lessons of Oh, you know, the seller misunderstood this. Um, and, you know, maybe we shouldn't have sent that many offers because this is this is hindsight stuff, right? Yep. This is stuff that we usually don't talk about on the show, uh, because we don't really follow up on on some of 
some of these deals. But this is great information and, and things uh, that you guys can take away. So hope you enjoyed that. Um, you guys can reach us on our Facebook group, the Creative Financing Podcast. Uh, if you haven't joined that already, we're trying to continue to build out that community. Um, if you guys are interested in Jeff's apprenticeship program, where it's a wholesaling-based program, you can email Rebecca. That's R-E-B-E-C-C-A at weofferoptions.com. And uh, she'll get you info needed for that. And then if you guys are interested in the Creative Financing Academy, where we have a ton of videos that uh, Jeff put together, uh, creating offers, you know, walking through deals step by step in video format, straight from his CRM, you know, his Podio leads. So uh, if you're interested in that, um, and you want a little taste of what it's like, uh, we have uh, an example video. Um, Email Jeff, that's J-E-F-F at weofferoptions with an S dot com for that video and to join the Creative Financing Academy. Uh, and then, of course, all of our episodes are archived at the Creative Financing Podcast dot com. Uh, any last words, Jeff? The only thing I wanted to mention is we completely revamped our apprentice program and um it is super cool so uh that we just rolled this out in the last few days and all of our current apprentices have given very positive feedback to it uh it, it's literally a breakdown of what you should be doing each week while you're in this program um and you have a choice of a more accelerated program or kind of go at your own pace program and uh, super excited about it. So if you want more info, let Rebecca know. Yeah, definitely. And if you love the way Jeff teaches, uh, which if you've been a listener for this podcast, you know exactly what that's like, um, then you're going to love it. So go check it out. Go get send that email to Rebecca. Okay, guys, till next time, go out there and create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.